0: and the Gimel will continue on so we're going to now discuss um, other Takanas that Rabbi Yochanan Zakeh made he had to deal with this he had a new world order in his hand because he had a world without a base of Mikdash so just for the historical accuracy of it we've so painted, painted this picture in different pieces already so I'm completing the picture now um, Rabbi Yochanan and essentially was the one who, who snuck out of Jerusalem pretended he was dead and he managed to negotiate Yavna as a safe haven Yeah, Vespasian exactly and, uh, and he got three wishes Three wishes granted. Um, he impressed him because he said, Jerusalem can't fall except to an emperor, so you must be the king. And he said, I'm not the king and for that, you're a prisoner you're going to get killed. He says, no, no, definitely, you must be, otherwise I wouldn't say it. And sure enough, then they announced he's the king and, and uh, Espasian left to go be the, the emperor of the Roman Empire, leaving Titus to finish the job. But anyways, he was impressed with Yochanan M'zake and he got Yochanan and he got three, three, three um, wishes granted. So it was he didn't want to, He was afraid to ask to save Jerusalem because he thought that would just get nixed and then lose the opportunity. So he had three requests. One request was that he should get Yavne of the, the city of Yavne and it's, and its chachamim, uh, um, which he got. And that's he took up shop in Yavne. That's what we've seen here in this, this mishnah here. Um, the 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 second thing he asked for is that the, they should have not just him be the leadership, but they should have a sign from. Uh, from base, from Hillel's descendants, based David, to continue to lead it, to have have a nasi, that the Jews would sort of have like a hope that the nasi was intact and they would get deemed soon, and that's where Rabban Gamliel comes in. So the stories of Rabban Gamliel happened are immediately after Yochanan ben Essentially, Yochanan ben disappears off the scene very soon after he sets up shop in Yavne, and That's end of the story with him. And so he's the first. I kept I was. I was equivocating first second, I was thinking in my head. He he was the first of uh, and then Rabyochan and uh, then uh Rabangam who we've seen a few times even in this in this akhar earlier on, remember telling Rabbi Yoshul to come with on his Yom Kippur and so on. So that was that was he, Rabbi Rabbiochan stepped down and uh, like advocated the throne, so to speak, to Rabbi Rabungam uh, the third thing he asked for was there was a certain you don't mean Rabbi Rabyokhan ben Zakai. He was the, he was in charge of Yavna very briefly, but then he wanted the Nazi to be authoritative and, from, and have a centralized authority. And you see, historically, Rebbein Gamliel was the man to do it. He was obviously, you see, he ruled with an iron fist and um, he unified the people. So ben Gamliel disappears and, and, uh, and Rebbein Gamliel picks up the mantle and continues on. The third request was to get this fellow this He's a tzaddik who had fasted for 40 years for Jerusalem. was very sick. and <coughs> had him assassinated. Had and healed. Okay, that's that. Um, so, Rav Yochanan ben shouldn't be confused with the, with the Rav Yochanan that you see in the Gemara all the time. The Rav Yochanan from the Gemara was like the, the leading rabbi at the very, very end of the Tannaitic period, or the beginning of the Amarayic period. He's in the, the first generation. He was the greatest. He's the... Rav Yochanan is the one who put together the, the Yushalmi, the Talmud Yushalmi. He, he was the greatest he was the greatest. At his door, <coughs> Rav and Shmuel were his like, uh, contemporaries in in Bavel. You see more Rav and Shmuel because they're in Bavel. The is. But the, Rav Yochanan was the greatest. But it's not Rav Yochanan and So Rav Yochanan, we're talking is let's call it like the I don't know late late third century, and Rav Yochanan and Zakkai, we're talking late first century. Okay. In any case, continuing on with the other tikkunos of Rav Yochanan and Zakkai. <clears throat> so here we'll see two of them And the next Misha two more It says, So in other words There's nothing here to do with Rosh Hashanah It's just other Takanahs there of Yochanah Mitzach I made Berishona ha-lulav shiva. Originally the Lulav Which means the Arbuminum Would have been taken As we call it, the waving of the, the Arbuminum The Mikdash in the Mikdash Which means according to pretty much everyone Right there at the base of Mikdash proper And according to the Rambam throughout Jerusalem, Shiva, all seven days, after the Raysa, Medina, but outside of the, outside of the, the Mikdash, so now the rest of, the rest of Jerusalem, pretty much everybody besides the Ramah, and the rest of the Israel, appoint everybody, Yom Echad, the mitzvah is only a mitzvah on the first day, and that is the Halacha, that's how we, that's how we, we're no heg, Mikdash, once the Beis Middlesh was destroyed, Rabbi Ben He made it to Rabbi Rabbiokal Mansakai did. She Shiva Mikdash. He said everywhere, even out in the outlying areas outside of the base Mikdash, or outside of Jerusalem, um, they should take the Lulav of all seven days, as I'm sure you know we do. Uh, exactly, all miduraban. But that's all Zeichal Mikdash. Just to remember the Beis Mikdash, that what they used to do in the Beis Middleish having it all seven days. Okay. Um, now. It's going to come out then. I'm sure this everyone knows, I think. that I don't know if you do but the, the shaking of the lulav after the first day is only in Bidzer which allows for a, a number of leniencies in terms of what lulav and our and so on. Um, most importantly, since, since it says, lachem, lachem, take for yourself, only on the first day do you actually need to own your own lulav. This is a very important episode. So when, when they pat, if you're going to borrow some of lulav, you got to make sure on the first day that it's a proper Kenyan. You have to give it to you as a Matana in full, you own it, even though it's a Matana al Manasla Haqsa, you can give it back. But the other day is not even that. And there are other leniencies too, I'm not going to get into right now, but Chasser and so on, but in any case. So we are shaking all seven days after the first day, just Madura Matan. Okay? Just know that. Now there are many people, and since you have the good fortune of living close enough, who are Mahmir for the Rambam. Learn the Rambam. Learn that Mikdash means the whole of Jerusalem, and therefore they learned that the shaking of the lulav can, can be a mitzvah raisa all seven days. And therefore, there are many people. Rabbi Eliasha is, is famous for this. Um, to go to the kotel with your arba and shake your lulav because it's a mitzvah so, Compared, according, according, to according to the Rambam. According to the Rambam. You're supposed to again. Well, that you wouldn't do because of the fear of the. the yeah, if the Ramah isn't I'm right, right then you're. Yeah, it. right, exactly, maybe you Maybe oh, do of again. Yeah, so, Jack, exactly, so I'm saying, so many people have the mythic of making an effort to go to Jerusalem. Because you can, if we're going to say it, down the street. And you, it's a mitzvah to maybe. Right, so, that's. Anyways, that's that. It's a very important I love them, I here. On the first day, a father should not give his cotton son. The Lula, right, he can't can get be it back. Him, but can't be that's right, yeah. that's right. They're, they're going to be a world of alakas, exactly. Maybe <coughs> we'll discuss some more. Maybe before Sukkot, so we'll actually learn Bezrashem Sukkah. Yeah, but this is very long. This year, it's uh, actually, it's no right? Shabbos, oh no, it's a three-day, no, it's not this year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's that, yeah. Okay, um, and now, the third of the takanas we're seeing from Rabbi Ochanan Mazzakai, Yom Heyneth Kulu Aser which means the day of the waving, it's all forbidden. What is it talking about? There's some background here. So I think we've, we've discussed a few times that there's new grain, that means grain that hadn't taken root since the previous year, is forbidden um, until you w- do the Omer offering. You know what I mean? So the, day, the second day of Pesach, you wave a, a, bar, a, a barley, a Minchas Omer, it's a barley <laughs> offering that was essentially harvested and uh, and ground up all that night. The, the second day of Pesach, that night, so on the second, second night of Pesach, if you will, so that by the second day you can offer it as a, as a mincha. It's called an omer because that's a quantity. Omer is like, let's call it three liters. Like a quantity of, quantity of, of meal. Um, yeah, we saw it recently in, uh, whatever. So, so now, anything, any plants, so any of the five grains, which is uh, wheat, oats, spelt, rye barley. and barley thank you most important in this case um, are forbidden until that that is offered okay so anything that, that took root since the last omor was brought the year before is now called chadash and can't be offered until after the, this date in which place it becomes changes from chadash the new crop to yashan the old crop okay I'm sure you've seen those words chadash and yashan because of kashas before okay so now obviously there's no base of mikdash no one's going to be waving any Omer offerings because the basic English functioning so what would happen then the din is that before this that um if there's no basic English standing so then in the morning once dawn hit and there's no Omer to be brought because there's no basic English to bring it in then the the new crop becomes permissible all the new grain crop becomes permissible to partake of um Rabbi Yochum is saying, no, we're not doing that. We're not eating this grain crop until the end of the day. What used to happen is, even when the Beis Migglish stood, is they'd wait till midday and then they figured the, the grain crop was brought and then they would, they would eat it. So there's two them. The main Pshat is, the acre the Pshat, I think, from the Gemara is, he, he was afraid, or I don't know, he was anticipating, he was hopeful, that the base of would be built overnight. On the night, the second day of Pesach, they'd build it in one night. And then they'd have a base of English in the morning to, to bring the omer, and you know, it would take a few hours to harvest it and grind it, and they wouldn't offer it by noon, but people far away wouldn't know that the Besamigdash had been built, and therefore they'd be, eating, <coughs> they'd be eating from the new crop before the omer is brought, and there not be futzer so therefore he said, no one's eating omer, no one's eating any of the new grain until the end of the day, just in case we get a Besamigdash to be <laughs> built the night before, um, which is fascinating in its own right. So that, that's, that's the din. Now, there is a separate, second approach, like a that according to Rabbi Yehudah, the Tan Rabbi Yehudah, without a base of Mikdash, it's Asr. We were learning, citing, without a base of Mikdash, comes dawn, it's mutter to eat. Rabbi Huda held, that it's Asr to eat, though. if there's no base of Mikdash, for the whole of the day of Tess the 16th of Nisan. And Rabbi Yochanan went, according to him, saying it's Asr. Without a base of Mikdash, who said it's mutter to eat until the end of the day. But certainly the more fascinating for us, and more well known, is that he was, he was concerned the base of Mikdash could be built overnight. Yeah, so that's that Okay. It's called the Hayniff by the way, waving because they would literally like wave it like in the four directions before they would offer it.